Hi, everyone. This is Headcase Podcast. I'm back for a new episode with a returning guest, AJ Diaz. He's back to share an awesome project he's been working on. Um, hi, AJ. Welcome. Steph, how are you? Uh, thanks so much for having me on here. I know that uh, um, I apologize for the uh, the back and forth that we had about getting this going. So I really appreciate you and I appreciate, you know, um, your platform and just being flexible with me and, and kind of our, our crazy world that we're in right now. Absolutely. Anytime. Seriously. Love having you on. You can come back whenever you want. I really Virtual or that. in person. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, I, I hope the next time's in person. So, uh, you know, I appreciate it. It's crazy how, you know, now with everything that's happened, right. It's just so normal to send an email out to people for work and be like, Hey, I'm going to be virtual for these two days or this week or whatever it is. It's just kind of the way of the world. Now. Yeah. It's so crazy. Um, um, so tell me about this new project. Yeah. So, um, so I'm super excited about it. And again, thank you for having me on and, uh, and to anyone listening, um, you know, it, it, this is such a wonderful podcast and a wonderful platform, um, you know, mental well, health. Obviously, you. we just finished, of course, we just finished, obviously, uh, Mental Health Awareness Month in May. Um, and it's just such a part of the conversation now. And, and I'm so happy about that, um, especially, um, you know, as we begin the process of moving, you know, to a post-COVID world, right, where so much of mental health and, and, you know, obviously my, my niche, which is, you know, addiction to disorders um, has been exacerbated so much. Um, so I'm, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy this podcast is here. Uh, and for all the listeners, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you're tuning in. Um, so obviously a lot has changed since that, since you, and um, so, you know, I know the last time I talked, I was in uh, a bunch of speaking and, and trying to get that platform off the ground. Um, you know, it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as successful as I, maybe I'd hoped it would be. Um, got to help a bunch of people, which is obviously the most important thing. Um, but since then, I I finished my master's um, and uh, congrats. Just kind of yeah, thank you so much. So so I was uh, the tail end of of my school was was actually done virtually, um, which was really interesting. And um, and so I graduated and actually uh, got a job as a um, as an addiction. Uh, for Hazel and Betty Ford, it's a uh, large treatment uh, large treatment center. They're all over the country, um, and it was really interesting. It was like such a dream job for me. Um, I was actually a patient there when I was first getting sober, um, so it was really cool to go back and kind of be you know on the other side of the fence uh, and and be part of the medical staff. Um, at, yeah, that, you know that helped me save my life. So so that was really really cool. And um, and during that time. A buddy that I got sober with, um, his background is in technology. Um, he actually started um, a company uh, a couple years back. It's an electronic health record platform, um, and um, and he was able to he was he that and worked for a little bit and, and knew he wanted to do something in this space. And so, long story short, he had reached out to me and had this idea. Um, and it was kind of, it was actually born, not kind of, it was born out of both of our experiences of leading treatment. Um, so I'll start by saying, uh, the name of our company is you are accountable, uh, accountable for short. Uh, and what we are is a comprehensive continuing care and monitoring service, uh, for people, individuals with substance use disorder. Um, and the idea that again was born out of our experience, lived experience, and also my clinical experience, um, 
and I guess that I'll go into that experience, you know, it was as we left treatment and left care, as we kind of moved down the rungs of the left, you know, it, our accountability, you know, with our name, uh, it, it started to deteriorate, um, right? You go from inpatient to an, to an intensive outpatient, from an intensive outpatient to an outpatient. And, you know, the, the as you go down, right, you move towards more self-management, and with that kind of the guardrails sort of disappear. Um, and, you know, treatment is so wonderful at kind of doing the, um, that like acute care, that triage care, um, and uh, what they aren't so honed in on, and this is not, you know, to diminish any of the work they do, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a byproduct of that work. Um, they saved me, and they saved Matt, my, my co-founder, um, it's just it's just not set up that way as people leave to continue to kind of support and follow them. So what I found when I left treatment was, you know, it's really up to me to kind of put these things in place. Um, and I actually ended up going to the therapist that I was seeing and, and still am seeing now um, to, uh, to have me drug tested. Uh, like I voluntarily got drug tested for three years. And wow. it, I know. I know. Um and it did a number of things, right? Chiefly what it did was it kept my family feeling really safe about me moving towards independent living. And, um, and, and that's really kind of the seed of the idea with Accountable. Um, you know, we believe that, that treatment is just the first step in long-term recovery, um, right? People don't want to go to treatment just, you know, to come right back to treatment. Um, and so, you know, really what we do is we provide tele-enabled support um, with target outreach based on personalized goal setting and accountability with random saliva-based toxicology screenings. Um, and then our platform, um, right, we offer um, transparency so that family members, friends, clinicians, um, therapists, recovery coaches, psychiatrists, internists, whomever, um, can uh, can kind of be supportive and see what's going on with someone uh, without feeling the need to kind of police. And, and really what we want to do is just empower people um, to, uh, you know, as they safely integrate into a recovery lifestyle. That's so incredible. I think the accountability thing is so important. And what's interesting is, while, yes, it's for people who have suffered from addiction and are in recovery, skills that you learn that you can apply to any part of your life and because everyone needs to be accountable for everything they do. So that's really amazing. Yeah, thank you. And, and we totally agree. And, and one of the, one of the really unique things that we did right now, we're not treatment and, and we're like really kind of, you know, poignant about that boundary um, and what really what we say is that we are a like a supportive service to someone's, you know, previous treatment and also current treatment. Um, and right. so what we do is like, you know, so as someone who is a clinical therapist in an agency, um, right, like the thing that we hone in on the most is right your treatment plan. Like what are the things that you're going to be looking at to like help you kind of move towards what's called clinically and maintenance stage of recovery or remission, if you will. And, um, and so our idea was like, hey, how cool would it be if we could kind of, if that treatment plan didn't have to stop after eight weeks or after 12 weeks or whatever the amount of time is, um, if we could continue it for a longer life cycle. Really where it came from is, you know, where relapse rates, uh, I mean, you know, relapse rates yeah. are 
if kind of really accurately reported, I would say are between like, you know, north of 80%, maybe even 90% in the first year. It's such like dangerous time, um, especially when people are transitioning out of levels of care. Um, I mean, even just like we were talking about the pandemic, like, you know, I know relapse rates for women, uh, women with um, alcohol use disorders were up like 40%, 45%, really crazy. Right. It's not not just that, it's acclimating back into society is now that they've gotten used to being so sheltered from people and gotten used to that lifestyle. It's now people acclimating back into being social and all of those things. That is a huge adjustment in itself. Huge. That's such a good point. Such a great And so, like, with that treatment plan, they're like, okay, how can we do this? And, like, what are we really going to kind of hone in on that these people are working on, right? Because, you know, at least, and I'll speak from the eye, right? So, for me, when I first got sober and when I first got out of treatment, I was like, okay, I want to accomplish all of the things in my life in the next 24 to 48 hours, please. That would be the best way for me. Um, I want to, like, say sorry to everyone. I want to get a job. I want to, like, start a career. And I want to have all my life back to normal, like, you know, in the week. Um which right. is, you know, it's just not a possible thing. And, and it can yeah. be so, you know, and it can be so overwhelming that, like, oh, my God, I have so much to do. Um, right. And you get discouraged. And, like, totally, totally. Um, and, you know, like with mental health, it's like, hey, I have to address my mental health. But there are so many other parts of life that still need to be addressed, but that also affect mental health. Right. They, they make, right. you said can make someone feel overwhelmed, they can make someone anxious, they can make someone depressed, uh, or in the case of substances, right, you know, substance use disorders, they can have, be triggers for cravings, and then people use, and they fall back into the cycle. Um, and uh, really wanted to create something that's like, okay, like, let us take this treatment plan that you're working on that includes obviously not just getting sober or, you know, or, or mitigate use, but all these other life areas right? Activities of daily living. So physical health, mental health, self-care, you know, occupational or employment or, or educational goals, family dynamic goals or interpersonal goals. Um, and let's support you in those. Like, let's have someone, let's be that person that can really kind of hold you accountable and support you as you set and then meet those goals. Um, and now that's kind of the crux of what we do. Um, in addition to that, we also have um, one of my favorite parts, which is like our safety plan aspect. So, you know, and like I said, you know, our platform, it provides um, this like unfettered transparency to everyone, um, everyone who uses it, right? So, you know, people can sign up with us and they can add uh, what we call a care team. Um, so a clinical contact, a family contact. Um, and this way, everyone kind of has this one source of truth about what's happening for someone. Um, and if something's going wrong, right, we can pick it up right away before it becomes dangerous. That's incredible. How? So I know it's it's fairly new, but have you had a lot of success so far? Yeah. Um, so so yeah, we we are we're definitely new. Um, so we launched in October, actually, on the anniversary. Uh, my co-founder's seven-year um, sobriety anniversary. Uh, and it was kind of like a soft launch, I would say. It was really just, you know, um, really in our kind of infancy stage. Um, on mm -hmm. By January, kind of the 
our web-based platform was really up and running. And and then actually left my job at Hamilton to come over full-time in uh, at the end of April, which is really exciting. And so really we've kind of just been going since then. That's kind of, we've decided that like our, you know, I, I guess our true launch date is like May 1st. Um, and yeah, we, we've had a lot of success. Um, as, you know, um, we have a nice growing census right now of people um, that we work with. Um, and we call them, you know, members, um, you know, members of our platform and kind of our community almost. Um, and uh, it's just been really cool to to be able to provide this for them and, and you know, also for their ecosystem. Yeah, and I think it means more knowing that you've gone through what they're going through and you're not just trying to advocate without knowing or trying to help without being relatable in any way. Like you've actually been through the worst of it and come out on the other side. And there are people with personalities who are different, who don't come out of rehab and are ready to apologize to everyone and ready to get back to society and do all of the things that you wanted to do. And there are a lot of people who are stuck or maybe they're just, like you said, like there's so many relapses, maybe they just have their cravings like immediately after. So this resource is perfect for them. And, and you know, it, it's such a thing to feel stuck, you know, that like, you know, maybe it's not even someone who, right, oh, I want to accomplish all these things or I want to do this all right away. It's where do I start? I have no idea where to start. Right. It's overwhelming for sure. It's, it's, it's so overwhelming and whether it's substance use disorders or any kind of psychiatric diagnosis or anything like that, right? It's so overwhelming, right? You have this big thing in your life that you have to, you know, that you're just kind of coming to terms with, oh my God, I, I like, this is something I have to deal with now. And how, where do I start even like healing with this? And where do I start with all these other things in my life? Right. And I keep thinking of, um, halfway houses and how they work and it's almost like a similar system but I I mean I for those who have never been in a halfway house I guess I don't know if you did that when you left rehab but it's not for everyone either so this is kind of and then it's also not permanent and it obviously probably doesn't help with all facets of what someone in out of rehab and in recovery needs so this is something that people who don't use a halfway house or do use a halfway house can utilize right after rehab. A hundred percent. And really we see ourselves as like, you know, this just, it, it's a tool for just not only the individual, their family, but also their treatment team. Um, you know, I've done recovery coaching in the past. That's been part of kind of you know, the beginning of my career. And, it's really hard when you see someone once a week or twice a week or even three times a week. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of know, obviously we, as someone who's providing the, you know, peer recovery support or the therapeutic service, like what, what's going on for the person that they're not seeing me. And, and, you know, I so feel for clinicians because it's, you know, you want to kind of think about that. But if you have a big case, it's really hard, right? You have to kind of go with what's in front of you. And, and I, and that's what you should be doing. Um, the hope is right. that someone kind of right, take 
taking those tools that you're working on with them and like acting them out in their day to day, but it's really hard to know. And so, you know, kind of from in my brain, like the clinical side of it, uh, or like I'll say the therapeutic side of it, like I wanted to be able, you know, he wanted to be able to provide a tool to those people of, hey, let us kind of be those eyes and ears for the times that you're not seeing this individual, right? Your boots on the right. ground, that's like so important, so instrumental. Um, and let us be the eyes and ears to kind of like fill you in on the gaps there. That's awesome. That is such a smart idea. So just going back to your friend who started this with you, um, how did you guys meet? So, yeah, um, we met actually in a men's psychotherapy group. Um, and, you know, I think he knows this because I'd said this to him, but um, I was in such awe of him. He was he was married. Um, you know, he, you know, had a job. He had, like, all these things that I wanted to be. Um, and I actually mm-hmm. kind of broke, broke the rules of therapy, and I, I asked him if he could be my sponsor at the time, um, which obviously he couldn't. You know, we couldn't do that with the group. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's where we met. And, you know, I guess another, like, quick little anecdote there, you know, part of – and this is with, like, a lot of, you know, um, um, psychodynamic, like, group therapy is that, you know, you can't have a relationship outside of group, right? Because it kind of taints the group. You want to have every be in group. Um, and I was actually at a meeting one time and, uh, you know, just kind of outside hanging out and he actually walked up and, and, you know, we kind of looked at each other and smiled, you know, we didn't know if we were able to talk to each other and, uh, we kind of just hit it off from there. And as soon as we had left the group, uh, we immediately reached out to each other and just kind of struck up a friendship from there. That's incredible, especially because when you're in group meetings, it's so it's, I mean, it's anonymous, so you're not technically supposed to, it, correct me if I'm wrong, not supposed to, like, connect outside of a group necessarily. Well, like, I don't know the rules exactly. No, no, it's, it's a great question. So, like, we, like, so we met in, in like, a, like, a therapeutic group. Um, like, right. I, like, obviously, with, not with like AA, alcohol, like, anonymous. no, right. no. And that, that one time that I saw him, right, that was outside of an AA meeting. But the, the group therapy group that we were in, um, the rule there was like, you know, you don't want to have any relationships outside of group um, because you right. want all of the like interpersonal work to happen inside the group. Got it. Yeah. That's hard. That's actually really hard to do because you're, you are relating to these people and sitting there and it's hard to not bring that outside or bring it home or want to continue a friendship or a relationship outside of it. It's really hard that now that you said like, yeah. Um, And I think too, that, you know, it's, it's like this unconscious work on boundaries, right. That like, Hey, you know, I know everything about you in the three hours that we spend together with other people during the week. Um, And I'd like to know more, but I have to kind of have, you know, really good boundaries and like work on my boundaries. And, and I think that's one of the, you know, one of the amazing things about group group therapy work is that you, you can like really work on these life tools, you know, these like coping mechanisms in a safe place. And then you can begin kind of acting them out, out outside of the context of that group. Right. Yeah. They, 
will apply to any relationships you have. So that's amazing. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. And how do you guys deal with boundaries within your own company? Um, so I, I guess like, you know, boundaries as they pertain to people we work with or, or, or just like with each other. With people you work with. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it, it, it all starts at intake, right. And kind of just, you know, setting the parameters of what our service does. Uh, I mean, we've even run, run into something where, you know, we, obviously when you're starting something, we want to be, we want to be there for everyone, you know, whether we're starting or, you know, we want to be as helpful as possible. Um, and, and you know, that includes working on the weekend and being there for people. And we've actually had to, you know, begin the process of setting more kind of firmer, firmer boundaries of, you know, at six o'clock from six o'clock on a Friday to, you know, midday Sunday, um, or Monday morning, you know, we're not available. Um, you know, we, we right. also need our own, we, we need our own self-care too, right? I can't, you know, who am I to ask someone to practice self-care if I'm not doing it myself? Absolutely. Can't take care of other people until you take care of yourself first. So. 100%. And, and with that, you know, we also say, like, we're not treatment. You know, that's why anyone who signs up with us, um, you know, and, and the sign up process is so easy. Um, you know, anyone who signs up with us, we ask, Hey, can you have, you know, you need to have one emergency contact, particularly like a family member or a close friend, someone who is readily in contact with you. Uh, and then also a clinical contact again, like a therapist, a recovery coach, a psychiatrist, a counselor of any kind, um, you know, because we're not treating, you know, and I think to your right. point, right? Like we're, we're just like two sober guys. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, we're just two sober guys who have done this before, who continue to do this. And we just want to be of service to people and, and provide a service that, you know, we know is, we know is so helpful and we know, you know, is, is something that's really needed. Right. Cause you guys have the tools and you know what works and you've implemented them and other people can learn from you. And that's incredible. And, and, you know, that's the hope. And, and, like, I think another thing that's really cool is being able to coordinate, you know, care with the treatment teams of these people and be like, hey, you know, what are you working on with this person? Like, we'll be the ones to kind of hold them accountable for it, uh, you know, and, right. kinda, and, and, you know, watch them and support them and hold them as they work on these things. Um, you know, I think it's that's like a, being a, a mentor. Totally. It's being a mentor with, with technology, uh, which is like right. such a cool thing. You know, I, I, I've, I mean, I have trouble getting into my email, so it's, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I, that I have Matt who, who knows what he's doing with the technology. So do you guys set it up um, for people to sign up if they wanted to go on? Like, is it a website that they just go on? Do you guys have an app or how does that work exactly? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so it's a web-based portal. So someone can go to our website, which is youareaccountable.com, spelled out L-U-A-R-A-R-E-A-C-C-O-U-N-T-A-B-L-E.com. Um, and there's literally in the top right corner of the website just says sign up now. Um, and they can just create a login, create a login from there. Um, and then as soon as they do that, we get a message about it. Um, and then there's a chance for them to schedule a plan with us. And, and our plans start at, 
um, $99 a month and generally top out at $250. Um, and that's a really important piece for us because unfortunately it's really expensive. Um, treatment right. of any kind is really expensive. Um, you know, doesn't matter, substance use disorders, any type of mental health, it's just really expensive. And we, not that we're going to change the face of this, but, you know, we want to provide something that is affordable where, you know, again, cost doesn't get in the way. Um, and, um, and so from there, they'd like pick a plan. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's, you know, like the plans, right. The difference between the plans are weekly testing or monthly testing. Um, but our right. engagement, you know, like our behavioral change engagement stays the same throughout all the plans. Um, so that That's doesn't awesome. change. Their, yes. People are like just as supported, whether yeah, you're just you know, as hands on and exactly, and exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then from there they would schedule an intake with us and, you know, one of the kind of, you know, that's going back to our beginning here, like about kind of the virtual world now is that we just do it over the computer. Um, you know, they schedule kind of like a Zoom call with us and they have an intake with us. You know, we have them fill out, you know, a uh, a questionnaire, like a, uh, a questionnaire. And it just provides us with like, you know, information about them, about their recovery, you know, like what kind of treatment have they had before, what kind of treatment just have now, you know, what what's yeah. their motivations for recovery, like self care look like to really like get to know kind of who they are, what they're working on. Um so this way if, you know, I guess the next phase of this is creating that recovery we call it perhaps prevention and which is the goal. Uh, and like, hey, it's gonna be point for this person if and also with your therapist. Um, you know, obviously someone's therapist knows them best. Um, and so creating that plan with their therapist, again, we just monitor and support them with that. Right. But I mean, this is such a great way for families to really build trust back in the person. And, you know, if it's someone who's a parent and they want to prove that they can take care of their kids and be alone with their kids and, and show other people, because I mean, it, it's hard to show someone when, when you are an addict, you also become very good at lying and kind of, you know, putting on a persona. So this has that, it's almost like a proof system behind you. No, that, that's honestly exactly what it is. And, you know, I know that like, you know, we both, Matt and I both agree that, yeah, like when I'm in active use, right, I'm not exactly, you know, the the truth isn't at the top of my mind, um, right? Right. Hard to come. I'm, I'm working hard to protect addiction, um, and um, you know I know for both of us, right? For me, it was with my family. For Matt, is with his, his girlfriend at the time, his wife now. And um, you know, the question we kind of got was like, "Hey, are you better? You know, how much better are you? Can I trust you? You know, they kind of felt like you know, and I don't want to you know speak their truth. I I can only kind of you know, do it from my perspective, which is I'm sure they felt like parole officers and like, you know, feel like they did to police. And, you know, from our yeah. point, we felt, we felt, and that's just not a good thing, especially when you want to work on, you know, healing those relationships. Um, and so, right. you know, one thing that's so important for us was, you know, to provide this for someone's like whole ecosystem. 
And that's kind of the word I always go back to, right? Someone's ecosystem because yeah. it really encapsulates like everyone around and everything or everyone around someone. Um, and this way, you know, families or spouses don't have to feel the need to hover over um, and they can do that really wonderful, good work of, of healing those, uh, you know, healing those relationships and will do the, you know, the monitoring and kind of the observing and the reporting. Yeah, it's like they don't have to play the bad cop exactly. in the scenario. They aren't, you know, you don't want like your your significant other to to parent you or nag you and things like that because it just drives a wedge between the relationship. Yeah, never, never, never good for you know for for healing a marriage if you know uh, one person has to drug test the other person. Yeah, it's too much for both people. A hundred percent. It's just like super overwhelming and anxiety producing. Right. And that way it takes out that constant worry and anxiety attached to it. And just, it's something you guys get to just, you're, it's really like a gift you're giving the whole family too. So it's incredible. Such a good idea. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we're so excited about it. And like, you know, you kind of made me think about like, you know, I guess, you know, we talk about our why, like, why are we doing this? And, and really the yeah. why is that because everyone deserves long-term recovery. Everyone deserves right. that. Um, and so their family deserves that, right? You know, I mean, when someone has long-term sustained recovery um, and builds this wonderful, beautiful life within recovery, everyone around them benefits um, you know, there's, there's kind of an old saying, like, no person is an island. Um, and, and to me, it means that, you know, my actions aren't just felt by me. They're felt by so many people around me, right? Friends and family and coworkers and colleagues and acquaintances and whomever. And same token, right? My recovery is felt by all those people too. Um, you know, by friends, by families, by coworkers, by colleagues, by, you know, whomever it is. So everyone deserves that everyone deserves that everyone deserves wonderful beautiful sustained recovery of whatever it is um you know and so and, and that's why that's why we do it yeah you don't i mean it's so daunting looking at like the road ahead for not just the person who got out of rehab but the whole everyone around them like you said and having this resource i mean this must have been something you would have loved to have coming out and I'm sure a lot of people you know, and I hope that people that you do know who, even if they are in a great place, like could still utilize your service. I I cannot tell you how much I would have loved this. Um, you know, again, I'm, I I don't want this to come off as, as speaking ill of, um, you know, where I went to treatment because I'm not. I mean, you know. Right. Uh, I'll preface this by saying they literally saved my life. They saved my life without question, unequivocally. And at the same time, like when I left, because of the way things are set up and they can't, you know, watch out for people left because there are people they have to treat, you know, right there in front of them. You know, I got a piece of paper that said, hey, here's your relapse prevention plan. Like, this is what to look out for. Uh, and, you know, I'm pretty sure that I folded that piece of paper up, put it in the back pocket, probably never looked at it. Um, right. You know, for me, like the getting into the groove of going to AA meetings and like building a sober network and, 
you know, doing it, it took a while. It was really hard. It was really, really hard for me to do that. And so, you know, looking back, I would have loved to have something or something like this where I have a system in place, you know, and a plan in place um, of like, hey, okay, this is what I'm doing this week. This is what I'm doing for the next two months. This is what I'm doing for the next two months. Because you can get really overwhelming, you know, and I'll just speak for me that like, you know, I had a lot of times where I would always say to myself, am I doing enough right now? You know, I right. I'm looking at people around me and they seem to be so far ahead in life and I just feel like I'm not doing enough and now I kind of start to spiral. Yeah. You feel like you missed out on things or like wasted time and all of that internal right. conflict comes up. Right. And, and, you know, and so like one of the really beautiful things about, you know, uh, about our platform is that, you know, we can provide for someone an objective record of all the things they've done. Um, right. You know, I remember like my sister one time I was, she was so helpful to me. Um, she sat on the phone and was like, Hey, I want you to write down all the things that you, you've done kind of thus far in your recovery um, and in your life. And this was a couple of years ago when I was kind of having one of these feelings and it was so helpful to kind of like literally list the things that I've done, going to meetings, going to school, you know, having relate like all these things in life that, you know, see, not that we take for granted for, but that, you know, we kind of just don't really think too hard on um, and getting able to look at that list and be like, wow, I'm, I'm really being present right now. Okay. Like I, I am doing enough. Right. Like these small accomplishments may not seem like a lot in the moment, but overall they are, and it's so easy to put things off, but even doing something little every week or every day makes a huge difference down the road. But a huge difference, and especially when you can look back on it and be like, whoa, I really did a lot, you know, over the yeah. last month or six months or a year, whatever the time is, it's, you know, hey, wow, I'm like really doing it. You know, it, it's, I don't know, I always feel like it's important to kind of look back and see how far you've come. Right, because most people look forward and not where they want to be, and then they forget all the progress they've already made. And it's um, you almost get kind of like amnesia of what of what you've done. You just don't remember. I don't know if it's like the anxiety or the stress related to not being at your goal yet. But I mean, it's even happened to me with just everyday things. I'm I'm like, oh, I should have done this then. And then I'm always focused on the future. And then it's so important just to look back and think about it. And it, and having someone else do that for you and kind of keep a tab on where you are, it's so important. I totally agree. And I, I love that you use the word amnesia, right? It's, it's like this built-in forgetter that we have. Um, right. Which is so, you know, like for me, my built-in forgetter is, you know, like at least in the terms of, of, you know, my active use is like my built-in forgetter is I forget all of the bad places that drugs and alcohol took me. I only remember the good times, which is it's so skewed how, you, you know, your main tricks on you and almost kind of what we're talking about, right? My built-in forgetter, you know, I forget all of the work I've done and I only hone in on all of the things I have to do. It's funny. It's, 
so common to do that. Even when you get out of a relationship that was super toxic or something and you look back and you only remember the good times because you miss having a relationship, but not necessarily that relationship. And then you only remember that stuff. You you forget like all the reasons why it didn't even work to begin with. And it kind of is the same concept. It's just really funny how we have like selective memory and it's like, having selective hearing (laughs) you only hear what you want to hear and you only see or remember what you want to i'm like kind of smiling over here because i I totally agree and you know it's so kind of like going back like you know yeah it wouldn't smell to have something like this you know uh even when i was kind of like recovery work like being able to kind of just pull up and be like hey no actually like look at all the things you've done here um and, yeah. you know, and and what we like, we like to say is, like, something's not completed, right, because, you know, work's never done as people. It's never done as humans. Our growing is never done. Um, so we don't like to say completed. Like, what we actually, you know, use is, is kind of language from the uh, behavioral change space, which is mastery or maintenance. Um, so it's like, hey, you know, I haven't completed things, but I'm, I'm now in a maintenance phase with these things. Like, I don't have to think about going to the gym anymore. I just do it. I don't have to think about going to therapy anymore. I just do it. Um, you know, right. Putting things last. on autopilot. Exactly. That's a great way to put it, right? Putting things on autopilot. So, it's, and, and I, when, you know, things are on autopilot and they're that, you know, kind of automatic routine now, it's, it's a new behavior. Um, it leaves, it, it now frees up space for new things to happen. Here comes more growth and here comes more things I'm able to do. Uh, and that's that's a big basis that our that, that our service is built on, and and being able to again to provide that objective record for someone when they log into their profile on our portal, be like, whoa, look at these things I have made, look at all these things I have right. in mastery. Like, you know, I'm doing the deal here. And it's important to to have this whole phase, like the maintenance part of your life. You don't want recovery to be like the only thing in your life all the time, and you want to be able to make that space or the new things, like you said, so that recovery, it will always be there, but it's not a constant weight on your shoulders. And you do have other things that you can do in your life without always having, I mean, it's something you're always going to have to think about, but it, it does, like we said, it can be, it'll become second nature. It won't have to be like this saying like, oh, I have to do this first. It'll just be like, okay, I can enjoy my life and just say no and then, you know, go to the gym and live my life easily while implementing these things without having to think about them constantly. A hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, I say this all the time, right? You know, and I'll keep it on, on the eye, you know, I didn't get sober to like sit inside all day, right? I got sober to live my life. I got sober to right have relationships and have jobs and do things and be a part of the world, be part of my world and the world of the people around me. And so, you know, it's about kind of keeping that maintenance of my sobriety so that I can do all these other things. Exactly. And that's, what's important. I feel like with probably a lot of your clients and everything, people don't realize, I mean, it's so easy to hold like animosity towards, people you know who have addictions or mental illnesses and they've somehow negatively affected you but at the end of the day like you like you said going back 
to before when you said everyone deserves a happy life. And it's like, you didn't choose to be an addict. You didn't, it wasn't like something you wanted to happen for you. It wasn't something that you planned for. And not everyone reacts to like drugs and alcohol or anything the same way, but it just happens. And it's, and it's an illness. And that's the thing is people don't get like, it's not something you choose and you should be punishing yourself for, for the rest of your life. I totally agree. Totally agree. Right. You know, I, I for sure did not put this on my vision board when I was a kid, um, you know, that I would, uh, you know, <laughs> that I would end up going to a training right. center. Um, that's not exactly how I drew it up. Um, it still happens, right? You know, and, and I think that kind of speaks to, right, it doesn't, you know, mental illness, it doesn't just, you know, it, it, at least addiction, I should say, doesn't discriminate. It's, it's going to be something that can affect anyone and everyone from anywhere, um, you know, and yeah. so everyone deserves, you know, not needs, you know, I like to say the word deserves. Everyone deserves a beautiful, long, sustained recovery. Uh, everyone around them deserves to experience that too. Yeah. And I'm sure um, it's like being in therapy when you're feeling like everything's fine. You must feel like you don't need therapy anymore. And then you down the road realize, I mean, you've been maintaining and everything's going well, but there are those triggers and those moments where you have maybe not a literal relapse, but even just like a mental relapse and you, you have like post-traumatic stress almost even the thought of like, Oh my God, will I relapse? And those kind of moments too. So having someone that you can just reach out to who has been there is so important. I, I couldn't agree more. And, 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 you know, right. Like if we look at kind of the, the neuroscience of addiction, right. You know, a, a lot of the research, right, points to the 18-month to 24-month, like year-and-a-half to two-year mark where those, you know, true brain changes, right, going to kind of a, a homeostasis or a balance cognitively um, start to happen. Um, and that's right. why kind of that, that year mark, that 18-month mark, that's, you know, it's a really important time to kind of really like build that foundation of recovery and, and that's really what we want to provide right we want to take that 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 work that someone's done in treatment for you know that first two three months and like hey let's continue it past that kind of danger point almost um you know to just give you know give you give your family give the people around you right you know really that fighting chance of like hey okay this we now have a better chance of you know sustained long-term recovery uh, you know, and right. being able to do that. And and one thing that we do, you know, uh, another part of our program is we actually track mood. We track mood and we track cravings per week, um, wow. you know, to kind of, to see where people are um, on both kind of, you know, an anxiety scale, a depressive scale, and also a substance craving scale. So, you know, and, and it does a number of really cool things. Like, number one, it, you know, allows us to kind of go in and see, oh, you know, AJ, anxiety is spiking today, like, and, and we have our platform, we have these resources, free resources, which are available to anyone. I just want to say that if you go to our website, you are accountable.com, yeah. uh, they can go to, there's a resource tab and there are resources for 
anxiety coping tools, depression coping tools, relapse prevention coping tools, um, and different types of um, skill-building worksheets for different types of therapy like CBT, DBT, uh, you know, those are available to anyone. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to put That's the plug awesome. for that. Um, but, um, but when we see someone having that, like, right, we're able to kind of say, hey, how are you, right? Looks like your anxiety is spiking right. a little bit. Or looks like you're having some craving, like, talk to me what's going on. Or, you know, we can shoot them over some of those resources. Or, you know, we can send it over to their therapist, ping them, and like, hey, just want to let you know, I know you're seeing AJ in a couple of days, but, you know, their anxiety is spiking a little bit or they're having some cravings. And we can kind of get this person, you know, really supported in that moment of need. Um, right. For me, if I'm feeling super anxious or I'm having a craving, it's it's really hard to tell someone that I'm doing that. Um, yeah. You know, kind of go, going back to what we were talking about of, like, you know, if people around us don't have the education or don't have the language, right? If I say, hey, I'm having a huge craving, they're like, whoa, what am I supposed to do with that? What do we do? Um, you know, right. we're able to kind of people feel supported in that moment. Yeah, that's so important. And it's interesting because you, you have these cravings and feelings and you sometimes – I mean, what happens even with anxiety or depression or any of those things, when you, you feel them in the moment and then maybe they go away, by the time you get to therapy, you might be completely fine and feel fine and kind of like don't even talk about it because you don't really remember that you felt that way a couple of days ago or you thought it was just no big deal. But having keep, like keeping tabs on it like that is so important because maybe then you can figure out where it's coming from, why it's happening, like what happened that day that made that happen or, or what's going on in your life that's maybe triggering these kind of emotions or cravings? 100%. That's like, like such a great point. Um, you know, another thing that, that we like that it does too, you know, kind of to what you're saying is you can right identify, okay, what was going on on Tuesday when I was feeling this way, right? I can kind of bank that of, okay, that's something to watch out for, right? That's a trigger for me. Um, you know, yeah. another thing that we, that we do in our surveys is like with cravings at least is, hey, what did you do to get through the craving? Um, you know, and so, and, and what we'll do in someone's profile is like, we'll actually plot that for them, um, right? Like, right. so people can see over time, like, oh, okay, like, as I'm hitting all of my goals that I have for myself, my anxiety goes down. Or when I'm not doing my goals or I'm not kind of doing these things that are good for me, my anxiety goes up. And so they can start to see, hey, number one, you know, these actions that I'm taking, they really do work, right? So it kind of reinforces that. Um, and also to your point, right, they can see, okay, I, need, I know I need to avoid this um, because that gets my anxiety going or it gets my depression going or it gets my cravings going. Right. It really is amazing. You're like life coaches. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we want to be a support to, to, to all life coaches. You know, we, we really see it as just this, like, this, this tool, right? Like this wonderful tool. Yeah. Um, you know, as a therapist, right, I, I know one of the, and I ran group, right? And, and um, one of the hardest days was Monday, right? Because it's like, okay, I'm coming in on Monday. No one, you know, our treatment services were Monday through Thursday. So it's like, okay, you've had, you know, people in my group that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of unstructured treatment time. Uh, I right. don't know what I'm walking into, you know, who relapses, did someone relapse this weekend? Like what happened this weekend? 
um, you know, I would have loved to kind of have this little tool to kind of pop into on a Monday morning and be like, okay, like, how are people doing? Like, what's going on here? Um, you know, yeah. that allows, you know, to just be able to be more effective and, and kind of deliver, you know, a, like a therapeutic intervention that like this person really deserves this time. Right. That's awesome. I think this is a brilliant idea. I mean, the whole I concept really, is I really appreciate it. genius. <laughs> you know, we want to, we, we just want to, again, like our why, right? We, we believe that everyone deserves healthy, long-term sustained recovery and everyone around them deserves that as well. Um, and, and it's a chance for kind of one source of truth. Um, you know, uh, like we talked about, right. If I'm, if I'm actively using, you know, I'm not exactly, you know, living a life that is synonymous with, uh, with truth telling. Um, yeah. so, uh, you know, we can provide, you know, that objective record of, Hey, actually, this is really what's going on. Like, let's get you into a higher level of care or the level of care that you deserve right now. Um, right. so it's just been like so it's been so cool it's been so exciting um and um you know anyone who did you know uh, we have a little kind of uh, a message app um on the uh on the website um please shoot us any questions um we also have a blog um that we're shooting out you know a weekly um, weekly blogs you can go to our website and uh and check those out um, you know, it's, it's something that we're just, we're really, really excited about. And I'm so excited for you. I'll definitely link everything and promote it as much as I can. I think what you're doing is amazing. And it, it sounds like it's really for anyone who suffers from any kind, any kind of addiction, leaving, um, leaving a rehab or treatment center or anything like that. So it's sort of, it's not just for one it's not a it's so it's basically a one size fits all kind of system which is amazing uh, it works in conjunction with any type of current treatment or post treatment or anything like that um you know and even someone who's you know sober curious right um right if they're yeah. like hmm, i'm not sure if this is an issue or maybe their spouse is like hey i think that this is kind of worrying me like you know, happy to work with you, right? You know, when we, you know, happy to work with you, with, you know, your spouse, with your therapist and, and see like, Hey, you know, where, where is there an issue? And if, if there is great, we can, you know, help you get to, to that treatment and, the, and that level of care that you deserve. So awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. I know you're going to help so many people and I think you have to come back on and tell us all about how it's going once, it's you're farther down the line because I'm so excited to hear like all of the success stories that will, will come out of this. I would really love that. And again, thank you a million times. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's, it's so good to talk. It's so good to be, um, you know, here with, uh, you know, the head case podcast. I mean, it's just, it's really wonderful. It's such a wonderful platform and, uh, yeah, we're so excited. Uh, you know, you are accountable.com. Um, check us out. Um, you know, happy to, but happy to talk to anyone. And uh, Steph, thank you so much. AJ, thank you. Have a great day. And I will be sure everyone knows all about your new company. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.